Hello and once, uh, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Matt Morgan. And tonight we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw for October 17th, 2016. Uh, Raj Giri, Wrestling Inc. founder, not here with us this week. So, uh, Matt, what did you think of Raw tonight? Um, I thought it was really, really good. I, and, and it just goes to show you what a really hot crowd can do for a show. Yeah. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, I'd say, most of it. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting rhythm given that they built up so much tonight. Obviously, we had the interview segments with Charlotte and Sasha leading up uh, to their Hell in a Cell match. We had the the Goldberg segment, which was in the main event spot tonight, him responding to uh, Paul Heyman's challenge for him to fight Brock Lesnar. And uh, in between, we definitely had some interesting matchups. So that being said, let's just dive right in. And I do want to remind people that we will be taking questions uh, at the end of the episode if you want to just ask them in the comments. And Matt, you know, I was thinking tonight, since we don't have Raj, am I be kind of fun would you be open if people just have any sort of behind yeah, of the scenes or wrestlers perspective comments yeah absolutely cool so post them and we'll get to them at the end of the show so let's start off with the uh sparkle crotch segment <laughs> which was kevin owens and uh chris jericho opening the show of course interrupted by seth rollins and really setting up that dynamic for next week's main event we're starting to see uh the the cracks in the foundation between jericho and owens that played out throughout the evening but uh what did you make of that did you like sort of the dynamic now of seeing seth more you know in his element yeah. of his face turn i, I did there's a couple of things that stood out to me and i feel like god uh, it's the thing i used to hate about wrestling pod not podcasts but shows they didn't have podcasts yet when i yeah. was wrestling really not like this and i'd read it you know when i first started and it was always felt like guys were looking for negative things you know and now i feel like i'm now looking for negative things as the person who's <laughs> supposed to be crit critiquing everything so please keep that and take it with a grain of salt fans you know watching this um but here's what I know. Here's what stood out to me. Um, it was an awesome segment, first and foremost. I love that they kicked off with it. It was incredibly successful. They got across what they needed to get across. They did business. But the thing that stood out to me was Kevin Owens, if the crowd was chanting over Kevin Owens for Mick Foley. Yeah. Um, and when they usually do things like that, it's generally because Mick Foley is a, huge, is a big star to them. And and, and and because his name was brought up, they, they just started chanting it. It took chris jericho just to start doing his shut up routine to literally make them shut up and start booing and getting heat on the segment finally um and it just it stood out to me because it's still showing that you know kevin is my favorite him and Rollins both are tied for my first favorite wrestler on, on wwe right now i love them both but he's still not there as far as and he shouldn't be by the way but he's still not there yet as being the top flight guy for that company and that was just a reminder of it yet again that he's he's not I, 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 I've got to be fair. He can't be expected to be at a Jericho or Foley legendary, you know, level yet, you know, but he definitely should be at a point where he can actually turn them on and get some heat on that segment, you know, make them stop chanting McFoley, most importantly, a non wrestler. Um, anyways, I don't know why fans chant that. And uh, it just stood out to me. The other thing that stood out to me was when Rollins came out, was feeling himself, was doing good. Um, he stepped on his own pops a few times. He didn't let enough of those. He had great one-liners tonight. He was very witty. He was very comfortable, it seemed. But he rushed it. And he stepped on, like, two or three of his own pops. Like, he had some really good zingers that he, like, rushed through. The crowd, the crowd was just starting to chant um, a few different things. And he would go on to the next thing and rush right into Sparkle Crotch. And then yeah. as he hits Sparkle Crotch, they start chanting it, and he cuts himself off again and goes into Sparkle Ass or Sparkle Butt. Or he'd never let anything digest. And I was like, oh, he's money with what he's saying. He just needs to slow it down just a little bit, let the crowd interact. I don't care if they're short on time. Vince won't care if they're short on time if something gets incredibly over. Yeah. And Sparkle Crotch is going to be incredibly over. Um, and Chris did his part as always. Funny part at the end was when Chris Jericho threatened to put the cameraman on the list if he didn't get out of if he didn't get out of the way <laughs> as they went to commercial break. Hilarious. No, no, it was great. And I think that's the thing. I think Jericho and Rollins, um, you know, did great in that segment. And with Owens, I think that's where they're they're trying to get the rhythm. Because I think that when you have Owens and Jericho sort of teaming up and ribbing someone, I think that works really well. But when it's sort of a triangle and it's Owens chiming in, I think that um 
-hmm. yeah, it's it's he almost he has to be able to shift into falling back in that because Jericho is just you know the star trash talker. Um, and and you're right. I mean, with Rollins speeding it up, I think that you know he needs to give way so they can really get more of that rhythm going. And let the crowd digest Rollins' little witty comebacks. Let them chant their shit, their stuff. Don't cut the fans off. He cut yeah. them off at the first Sparkle Crotch chant. <laughs> Yeah, and that was huge. That was huge. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I I really enjoyed that segment. I mean, what'd you think of the match? The match itself. Duh, I knew it was going to be good. It seemed a little bit of a miscommunication, tiny bit of a miscommunication, um, on the Enzigari at the very end. Uh, mm -hmm. Seth kicked him in the stomach, and like a half a second later, you know, Chris kind of no sold it and just Enzigaried him out. And it wasn't something that was done out of nowhere. You know what I mean? It looks like there was a slight miscommunication, but they're both the best two guys in the ring in my opinion for my money so it was like a no it was a non-factor it was a great match great match yeah you know i i enjoy watching them together i mean my only concern and you know i feel like i've talked this to death but it's with the booking and the way they're doing it is that Good next week we're gonna have the triple threat this week oh. we saw that and then we're just gonna go back at hell in a cell to where it's just uh owens and rollins um i you know i i like it when they change things up more and it doesn't feel like we're just sort of watching the same reconfigurations i've got a feeling it's gonna be my my when is it next week right next week's the triple threat uh triple threat yeah it is triple threat never mind okay yeah that's the main event and then hell in a cell is the week after i was gonna suggest that i think it's gonna be a triple threat at the hell in the cell that's my opinion well they talked about doing it last week that was uh the stipulation right if uh if i still think they're gonna go into it that's just my take yeah, you know, I was there live at Oakland Arena last week. I mean, the audience was into it. And uh, but but that being said, though, I do think that putting Jericho in there and I see what they're doing with Jericho and Owen's relationship. I mean, we all know that's coming for the feud mm -hmm. after Hell in a Cell. But I feel that uh, having Jericho in there does sort of step on Owens. So by it having it as does. a triple threat, you know, it overshadows. It does. Them. But in a day and age where they're overly protective of everybody and their grandmother, yeah. it gets Seth his out. Okay. Gives him his out without yeah. winning. Um, by you know, two on one type setting, um, where they'll tease a breakup between the two in the middle of the cage. You know, Jericho thinks about going over on Owens, but something happens where Seth eats the fall instead. And you know, Owens is still our champion, and we saw another crack in the relationship, but they mended it back, and it carries on a little bit longer. You know, and that's going to be the money feud, even though it should be Rollins and Owens, in my opinion. <laughs> So we went from that and we had uh, the segment with Lita talking to Charlotte about the Hell in a Cell match. Um, what did you think? I, we'll get to Sasha's interview in a bit, but what did you think about Charlotte and uh, sort of her talking points? I mean, it felt like she kept hitting on genetically superior, making history, uh, yeah. three-time champion. I mean, she sort of went down the list. Like, she, standard she's analysis. a, she, she's, this isn't me name dropping. She's a, she's a friend and, and I, and I, I, I love supporting her. Um, same with Sasha. I love sporting her and Bailey, all of them. That said, Charlotte has been killing her promos, destroying them, right? And, and tonight was not a good one for her, in my opinion. She, just like you said, everything you just said, but also toward the end, she kept, she said something about being 100% and being, you know, I'm 100% all the time and I'm the very best. And then she said, you know, um, on any given day, Sasha's the best. And then we'll see who the best is at the end of whatever the hell in a cell. What? <laughs> I was scratching my head going, what the hell? And one other thing stuck out between both of their, you know, Charlotte's and Sasha's, they're both still starstruck by Lita. And it yeah. shows. It radiates through. And it's a shame because you want to give Lita what a great opportunity for her to do something, you know, on Monday Night Raw in an interview setting. She wants to get back to the business and be a part of it. Um, I commend her for that. But unfortunately, all of these girls still look at her like we would Stone Cold Steve Austin our first time yeah. meeting them, you know, you know, very respectful and da 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 da. You know, it's just that came across to me a little bit you know sasha would go in and out of i'm from maybe my hometown we're in boston and all this good stuff but at the end of it she still looked like a fan of lita as did charlotte who tried her best to act like a fake heel yeah you know it was it was interesting seeing both segments i thought they could have done a bit more to build it up i mean i get that it's of a historic nature um I don't know. I, I'll talk, talk more about my feelings uh, with it, with what they did with Sasha when we get to that. But uh, curious to get your take on this because I found myself surprisingly uh, entertained by this match. But uh, Golden Truth and Mark Henry versus the Shining Stars and Titus O'Neil. <laughs> did that do anything for you? <clears throat> Better than what I expected it to be, sure. 
I'll say that much for them. Yeah, the guys all did their thing. Yeah, and, was this uh, Mark Henry? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, I, I again another guy I'm friends with, and I'd like to see him in a better role than that. But uh, he's, you know, what he's in that. I don't want to say that big show spot, but a little bit below that. But the same, the same method of trying to get young guys over at this point. That's what their their best use right now is for those guys. And Mark is the most. He's the easiest guy to want to work with as far as doing things and agreeing to things. He, he's almost too nice. He, he's such a good dude. Yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And I have to say, I know, I know, you know, uh, I've talked before about my annoyance and uh, sort of complete state of confusion in regards to why the Shining Stars are on the roster. But I think the joke seeing it live last week in Oakland mm -hmm. and seeing them come out and actually handing out uh puerto rico travel brochures to the audience but like it, it's like uh you know the simpsons and the rake gag it's like the first time oh well that's kind of cute and the fifth time like geez when is this going to end but then the tenth time it's like oh my god this is hilarious you, you know? wanted one so bad you know you did those are your <laughs> I did. guys i did i was like i would totally take the brochure i was not on the ramp though for raw i was was for smackdown you, can't unsee myself when you, uh watching that last you week. should have had a sign like this. <laughs> Sweet sign tonight that said Montana Billings, by the way. What the freak? Why would you bring a sign that says that for people? <laughs> Anyways, that you should have brought the sign that had an arrow pointing down at you saying, I'm the first guy to cheer for the Shining Stars. You know what was crazy at Oracle? And tell me how much they did this back then because, I, of course, you know we saw this uh, all back in the day on Wrestling's Greatest Secrets Revealed, uh, but I saw it with my own two eyes. At Oakland, they actually had at the customer service booth, they were handing out signs to people, but they were like all really generic signs. Shut and, like, up. No, I kid you not. There were ones for Sasha what? and the like, uh, first Raw ever. It was like it was like in the video game. It was like video game signs. Yeah, you know? I almost think like you shouldn't be saying that right now. It's all, I, all, all the kids listening eyes. right now and fans watching. I did not this see did any not stunt grannies place. though. No those stunt are real grannies. signs. No stunt grannies. Those are real <laughs> signs because those are real fans. I paid a harder money to see that star because that star is over. People bring their own signs. I mean, no, no doubt. I mean, I I'm ready to see did it that. all the time. I really didn't like, know they did that. I totally saw that with my own two eyes. I would not have believed it. I thought that was yeah. one of those sort WCW of WCW type things. Yeah, it was weird. And I don't know why, but you know, I didn't notice that it looked fuller. Now people bring their own tonight on Reddit. Uh, someone made a South Park joke with the member berries and did member Goldberg. He posted on Reddit. You saw it on TV tonight. People do bring their own signs, but I think it was just to sort of fill out the crowd, you know, and give some extra. You extra know what? Strength. I would want to give that to my kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. If my kid went to the show, like, hey, they got a whole cult, or I don't know, somebody got him old. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. A younger guy, Seth Rollins sign. He, he's a Seth Rollins guy. Let's get him, you know. But that's the thing. A sign is commitment. Because, you know, last week my wife and I went, we did talk about making signs, but then it, we just were like, this is too much effort. Like, you didn't just, do it, Wrestling Inc.? Uh, you know, I, I could have. I could have, wow. but I did not. How was your uh, seats? How was your seats, by the way? With the, you know, they were really good at No Mercy. We were uh, to the right, uh, but, but pretty close. Uh, in Oakland, we were on the side of the camera and uh, cool. a little far back, but on SmackDown, right on the ramp. And if you go oh, back to last sweet. week's SmackDown Live, you can see me in my Hype Bros shirt uh, right there. <laughs> and uh, Zach, Zach Ryder gave me a high five and, and his wrist tape. He gave to me after a uh, superstar state. <laughs> yes. This okay. is why I love wrestling right here. Did you see it? He's trying to play it cool, but this, that little <laughs> sparkle is on his face, and that's what makes him a wrestling Dude, fan. That's what makes me a fan, by the way. There's, I like, And I just want to say this quickly. like, If you go to a WWE show, if you've never been before, sit sit on the ramp it is a totally different experience than being anywhere else in the building it's mm. like you see those people losing their s on the ramp and you think oh what fanboys but then you get on the ramp and the music hits the pyro hits people run out and it's just like that's that's pure fandom you know being As, a part of that from the wrestling's perspective wrestler's perspective your very first time very first time whether it's a dark match or i think it was for me on smackdown um, when me and Nathan Jones walked out together for the first time, that was my first time walking out. And I, those are the first fans you see in your, I'm crapping my pants moment. Um, we, Cause you're nervous. You're a nervous rack. At least I remember I was. Um, and those are your first, those fans, the sides of the, the stage that you're talking about, of the, of the ramp, yeah. I should say, those are the first ones that, that you first see before the whole sea of people. So as a, from a wrestler's perspective, we see you guys all in our peripheral and we hear everything you're saying, walking down the ramp. Yeah, and that's and it's huge too. It really goes to show because I've seen 
like probably I've, I've sent the ramp multiple times and 90% of wrestlers get a reaction, you know? So actually I think on the ramp, it's very hard to not get a react to reaction yeah. from that crowd because it is so exciting. You have the music going, you have the yeah. whole thing, but uh, yeah, I, like for me, we were talking about it and we were just like, you know, we don't even want to go to wrestling anymore unless we're going to be on the ramp because it's like, we have such an amazing time there cool. and just sitting in regular seats. It's good, but it's, you know, not necessarily mm -hmm. worth all the time, effort and energy as opposed to watching it on TV. Did you, on the did, ramp or ring did you feel you were close enough to the ring being on the ramp and seeing the yeah. action? Yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. In fact, um, and we've sat, by the way, we've sat close uh, to the ring on the ramp. We've sat further away from it and it's never uh -huh. bad. It's never like yeah. a bad view or a bad seat. So, I mean, I dig it. I posted uh, some photos on my Twitter, uh, you know, joking about it. Like I was there for the night that Ellsworth pinned AJ, um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, is but it's stuff like that, man. I mean, it's just like weird, random stuff that you remember, you yeah. know, and uh, no, I dig it, you know, and, and it's fu funny about it. I mean, just uh, before getting off the subject, I would say if you have any friends or if you have a loved one, um, like in my situation with my wife, she was kind of passively into wrestling and then mm -hmm. taking her to an NXT show and b having her be there on the ramp by the end of that first weekend, we went to two days of NXT. Cool. She was yelling louder than I was. She even elbowed me out of the way to like try and two sweet Finn. Um, like if you have a friend that's, that's on the fence, take them to a wrestling show, sit on the ramp, yeah. and get them into it. It's uh, a totally different experience. So you went to NXT and you didn't even give me a call. I live in Orlando. <laughs> Well, no, no, this was uh, this was last year. Actually, we went to the oh, Aftershock. Okay. Uh, it was like a two-day metal festival. It was very weird, but NXT oh, yeah. was in yep. a tent. Yep, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, we went to that. That was uh, my first NXT show, my wife's first NXT show. But then what was so cool is two weeks later, we were in Orlando. Uh, this was a year ago. We drove out to Lakeland, Florida, and went to the mm -hmm. Lakeland Armory and oh, saw so NXT good. there, which was uh, like total indie. Like It was like a vet's yep. hall. It was awesome. Yep. And it's amazing thinking that the talent we saw there was at Wembley six weeks later for TakeOver. Yep. You know, I mean, just total, total interesting contrast. Uh, but yeah, but back uh, to tonight's show, mm -hmm. um, you know, I enjoy that with Mark Henry. I think Shining Stars and Golden Truth are great. Uh, Titus, I don't know what's going on there. This whole Titus, the brand thing. I mean, man, it's uh, I'm, I'm putting that a notch above uh, believe in terms of. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 dude, we got so much more to get to. This doesn't even deserve another sentence. No offense yeah, to the definitely, guys in that match. Definitely. Okay, so we uh, talked about that. Um, <laughs> saw some of the tension backstage between Jericho and Owens, <laughs> and Stephanie McMahon appeared and then answered the challenge uh, for Survivor Series. So, I mean, we all saw that coming, yeah, yeah. that we're going to have Raw versus SmackDown. Um, again, really weird that they're talking about, like, the five best women in Raw and the five best women in SmackDown. Very strange when there's only, like, six women on each roster respectively yes yes very <laughs> really shows uh, the shallowness there but then we had Sheamus versus Big E um mm -hmm. what did you think about this I thought it was really interesting how much they leaned um both last week and this week on Facebook live and we actually yeah. did that at home this week we were watching uh Cesaro's it, live broadcast there which was kind of interesting they did not sync up at all but I like the idea uh, of that well know? I mean uh, I'm 40 years old now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm up on Instagram and Twitter. That's only two social media devices I use. Um, well, the fake phony. Whoever is phony Matt from Morgan Facebook, you have some serious heat with me. You are the reason why I don't have my own Facebook page. Wow. Um, anyways, question. Is Facebook Live relevant still? Isn't that kind of dated? Or, I mean, uh, No. So uh, Meerkat went out of business. Or no, Meerkat pivoted. They're doing something else now. Meerkat was the first sort of anyone can live stream service. Then Periscope, which is through Twitter, yep. is still a thing, but you don't hear about it. Facebook Live, though, strangely just i mean it's it seems like it's it's gonna stay like it's okay. gonna be here but just because of its integration and you've actually i mean seen it not only mm. used in entertainment but people have been doing you know on the scene reports i, I, I just don't think wwe needs to go out of their way to talk about it whenever you start talking yeah. about how hip and how cool you are you're not hip and cool anymore yeah in fact well, i just said the word hip shows you i'm not cool <laughs> Um, well, they've tried with failed social platforms before to get on board with them. And I think with this, this is them going with Facebook Live because it is the established one. I don't think they're getting paid for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I thought with that, it's uh, interesting. They're doing the different configurations leading up to, right. to Hell in a Cell and That's how it's going to go. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, what did you, what did you think of the uh, just the, the, the booking of it? The, the, yeah. it, it was predictable. Um, the match was what it was. Very predictable. Um, yeah. <sighs> I just hate to see how far Sheamus has fallen, and I, and I hope there's something here that they, they can do with him. I know they're trying, um, but they're both not going to get over. Sheamus and Cesaro both will not get over. It's going to be one, if any. 
Um, and I'm hoping it's Cesaro just because Sheamus has had his opportunity at the top. And I'd like to see Cesaro finally figure it out. You know, now I see some of the fresh, I don't want to say frustration. Yeah. The frustration that I've seen in Stone Cold uh, and Vince and, and others with Cesaro and a lot of it's being what direction they put him in. It's definitely a lot of this is on creative, but you got to get to a point where you're just like F it enough. I'm going to start letting shit fly and I'm going to swing for the fences and just, just see what happens, you know, and not, okay. They told me to say this. Okay. I'll say that. And then go out there and don't say it, say something else. <laughs> and, and you have nothing to lose Cesaro. The, the, the people love the guys in the locker room. Love him. He's a, he's beyond a good hand. I, I, I feel it's an insult to call him a good hand at this point. Um, he, he's just missing that, that, that one little thing. And this is not, I know that this is done. Let's, this is Glenn. This whole thing is being set up for Cesaro to show some more personality. I promise you that is the. I'm being. I'm, I'm being serious. Yeah. That is why this him and Sheamus thing uh, began, and why now they're doing this this this, this feuding tag team crap, uh, strange bedfellow tag team crap. Um, that's been done to death. Um, yeah. It shows some more personality from that babyface you're trying to suck and pull more out of. Right? You put him in some funny scenarios. He doesn't need to do that. Funny does not work with him. You know, so get. Uh, I just hope it doesn't hurt him. I don't. I, that's all I'm hoping. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like with Cesaro, he, there's been so many opportunities to do something interesting with him, and, they and I blamed it on them for that during yeah. all, most of those opportunities. But uh, I'm sorry, when you have a mic, you have a great opportunity, and you've had so many now. You've got to just nut up. And, yeah, and, and he's had swing. some good runs. He's, I mean, his match yeah. has been great. I mean, look what oh, he did God, during yeah. the build-up to Money in the Bank, and uh, especially the match he put on with Sami Zayn. I mean, that was just like... How about his match back in the day with Cena, that first big coming one coming out party that everyone knew how good he was, but I mean, finally everybody picked up on it that night. No, Cesaro I mean, has got the goods. I just think that character-wise, they just don't know what to do, you know? Yeah. And uh, But I will say this. Did you watch his uh, interview on the network with Renee Young? Uh, like yeah. Yes, ago? I did. Yes, I did. I mean, he's kind of an awkward, goofy kind of guy, it seems like, when he just talks. You know, he's not... I think that's the problem is they're trying to make him look super cool, you know, uh, doing the transporter, hitman, you know, Statham sort of thing. <laughs> Desmond Wolf. Desmond Wolf. We yeah. did it at TNA, by the way, three <laughs> or four years ago. But that's the problem, though, is that I, he's not... A cool guy i mean he i mean he's cool because he's an awesome wrestler but his, right. his natural personality that's not amping his personality up to 11. right know? and he doesn't have to be you're right you're right glenn he doesn't have to be this cool you know witty freaking on the money like this yeah we're suit wearing dude he doesn't need to be it makes him look or and i can't believe i'm saying this but him in a suit makes him look ordinary to me. Yeah. It, it, it just does. The nice, you know, uh, sort of not goofy, but ex eccentricity that when you find out he actually, you know, sews those back together and he's quite a, quite a, a talented, uh, I was going to say seamster. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I call them seamsters. Yeah. yeah. Seamster. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that's a great detail, right? Uh, but yeah, yeah I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be really curious. I mean, you don't think there's any chance that they're going to Seamus and Cesaro are walking away with the belts at Hell in a Cell? Hell no. <laughs> If they know, do, yeah. I'm going to be so pissed off and I'm going to cut a world beater promo on here on WWE because nice. my boys need that title more than anybody. And you guys can guess who my boys are. Gallows. And yeah, him. I know. And they, they just won't give it to them. <sighs> dangling it like a carrot. Yeah. Uh, so we had Bo Dallas versus Neville. Um, what the freak yeah. was that? I, well, the weirder part that, okay, so the whole thing is a setup, I mean, for, for at the end where Bo turns on Curtis Axel, like, so we have literally, like, I mean, like, uh, yeah. it, that's not, I, I, last week when it was Sami Zayn and Neville versus Bo and Curtis, I was like, okay, well, this is, at least Sammy and Neville are doing something, right? right I mean, right. but this, to just have Neville be a play, I mean, Neville, I'm sure this joke has been made before, but he's starting to become, you know, the man that WWE creative has forgot um, because he's just being used <laughs> as this little placeholder, you know, in, in the storyline here. And it's uh, it's sad that it's like, so now yeah, it's it Axel versus Bo. Jesus God. Yeah. Like, does anyone care? Anyone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the, I just I don't see the exit plan for this that goes well. This has like superstars written all over it. Um, you know, for for where this feuds at, I don't even think this will be a pre-show uh, right. match on Hell in a Cell. So uh, coming back, we had a. Uh, Bailey versus uh, Dana Brooke. So this was set up last week, which was weird, and they called it out that Bailey was in her hometown last week, you know, more or less, right? I mean, she's yeah. right near San Jose. Huge that. pop, uh, wrestle a jobber, squash, whatever, <laughs> and then Dana comes out. 
gives her the beat down. Yeah. And uh, th- this week we had the follow-up to that, but with Dana winning. So, I mean, do you think this is just now the 2.0 version of Bailey's NXT run? We're just going to have Dana, you know, kick her butt a couple times till Bailey triumphs. And then we all get the feels. Or? That's what their, their goal. I mean, it's, their goal is to, to, yeah, pretty much make it exactly what they did. in NXT. She's an old, she's the ultimate underdog. She's a fantastic yeah. baby face. She sells her butt off. She makes people feel here's the thing they're missing up on the main roster with the WWE mainstream fans. I don't necessarily know they have the patience. Yeah. They're very into the reason NXT is so successful and it's society and sports as a whole is the who's next. Who's the next big star coming coming down the road, down the pike? We want them to be a star now. So we're going to start following their career now. That's why NXT is so successful besides it being ran very well and booked well. Um, LeBron James being on the front cover of Sports Illustrated as the chosen one in high school. It's right around that time is when we started looking down the pike to who's going to be next in, in sports and in, in, so in uh, any type of uh, 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 entertainment for that matter. Mm-hmm. So th- th- here's the, th- that's exactly what's going on. And they're missing the boat here is they cannot expect the same thing and the fans to act, react the same way. My point of the whole, what I was just talking about with who's next kind of thing and who's down the pike. And we want to see who's tomorrow's superstar today mm-hmm. is the fans not only don't have patience, to sit in and wait for somebody and get behind them and, and, and organically let them build some steam and then start cheering as they start building. No, 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 no. We Not only will we not wait for that, we want to see the person that's going to be over in five years and we want them now. Mm-hmm. Did you see what I'm saying? Our fans don't have the attention span and the discipline, in my opinion, the mainstream fans, to wait for what they're waiting for or wanting when them she to came wait for. So hot. She came in so hot. Uh, yeah, so why not kill it? Yes. I mean, that's the thing. And I think uh, we'll talk about this in a few moments, but I feel like they, they've given so much about what worked as her gimmick now to Sasha, uh, to give Sasha in this you know new face role. She's not really doing the boss thing anymore. Um, you know, Now she's doing, I've wanted this since I was a little girl, since I was 10 years old. But that's all true, though. That That I is something that is true. I it's know, true for both I of them. I get that. I get that. But you know what I mean? But Bailey... That was Bailey's thing. And then this yeah. dynamic works so well with Sasha because Sasha was the boss. Sasha was this, you know, kind of like the quintessential queen bee that Bailey yeah. was up against. And it told a really good story. Yeah. Charlotte doing the genetically superior thing is one thing. So you can't have Sasha doing that. They tried that with Sasha and Charlotte. And it was, it was weird, right? Like it didn't quite work or click as well. Because, as the, smaller, because the smaller baby face, the, the chihuahua versus the big pit bull. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be everything that somebody from six years old to sixty can understand the the, the logic in. You root for the 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 chihuahua, obviously. But if the chihuahua is barking off at the mouth, that hey, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the sh- and I'm blah, and I'm this, and da, 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 da. you know what, chihuahua? I hope that freaking pit bull eats your alive, <laughs> you know. And that's what I think they're being wary of with with Sasha. That said, I think that'd be a pretty badass chihuahua, and I would root for that chihuahua. Mm-hmm. That's my my how I would, but I, I don't think they think the general fan would. Yeah, I think that takes they, away from their. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I just think they need a way to balance it. You know, to to balance yes, it. Yes. Yes. They think that the Chihuahua. They think that she can't have sympathy if she's braggadocious, too braggadocious, too over the top. And I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think and they, they could. walked the line right when yeah. it, when the triple threat. Remember yeah. that where it was like Sasha was like, "Hey Bailey, I know you're kind of new here, but <laughs> I'm you know." It, but she did it in a way that they were still able to maintain a, like a, a friendly rivalry. They were still able to be friends, but yes. established Sasha as having a bit more of an edge, a bit more authority because she's been yes. there longer. Um, with Bailey, I mean, and but Bailey also doesn't have a good villain in Dana. I mean, Dana is she's. Right. I like her gimmick. I like the playtime is over thing. I like that she's good, at, very good at being mean, but I don't buy her as the huge, you know, brick wall that Sasha was to Bailey. Oh God, she's definitely not, and she completely you know? screwed up the finish tonight. And the announcers covered yeah. up very well for it. She completely bumbled the whole uh, foot on the ropes. And when you just looked at the Bailey, you know, just came off a long feud with Oscar, the feud that Bailey lost ultimately. Dude. Um yeah, I just I don't think it's. Uh, did you did you hear that though, Glenn? That's the most important takeaway from that entire segment was that was not supposed not that was not supposed to be a clean win. <laughs> no, so no, I mean, I mean, you can see it. Her foot yeah. was supposed to be on the rope. She she was too short and she couldn't reach. 
She tried to put her feet up and it was she was too far out. What she should have done is quickly just slid around and put her feet on the ropes facing the hard camera. But because they have it drilled in their head, we have to face the hard camera at all times when we're covering our opponents. I can't do that either. Oh, shoot. One, two, three has already happened. And then they covered. Uh, what's his name? What, what's the new announcer? Byron recovered yeah. incredibly well. I guarantee you he got buzzed in his ear to say that that she won fair and square. I guarantee you he was buzzed. And they recovered very well, the announced booth. It's a shame. I, I feel like I, I uh, with Dana because she's been involved in in so many of those. I, you know, I try not to overly scrutinize. Um, it it, it just shows you though what, what I was. What my point yeah. though is that Bailey was not supposed to lose that cleanly. Yeah, it, and that 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 is important because it does show you that they don't not think something of her. They do try to protect. They were trying to protect her, and they were still trying to tell the story. If mm-hmm. you're listening to the earlier parts of that match, that. Um, Come on, what's wrong with me? Um, Dana, Dana uh, always looks for the easy way out. She looks to cheat. She'll do anything to win um, and, and being a heel, basically. And, and that yeah. was a story that they were telling about her. And that completely got messed up now, you know? So, <sighs> <laughs> well, we're, while we're on this subject quickly, uh, I don't know if, if you caught it tonight, but, you know, I mean, they've, they've been teasing it now, of course, with no date. So I'm hoping it's not like another Kurt Hawkins thing. Uh, but what's, what's a, what do you think about this Emma switch of going from uh, the badass in biker shades to uh, this sort of pinup model? I'm interested. I'm interested to see what it's about. I have a feeling it's just more about what it won't be better than what these vignettes are. Yeah. You know, I think the vignettes will be better more. It will be better done as far as what the character ends up being and being introduced to us. That's just my opinion. Not because Emma can't pull something off or do great. I'm not saying that at all. She's one of the best in the ring, incredibly underrated. Um, I'm just happy she's getting a spotlight on her again because she is that good. She's really good. I thought her last gimmick was fantastic. Me Um, too. She was like a white Rihanna. Yeah, no, and I don't know why there because I don't think the glam thing. Don't get me wrong, she's very attractive, but I don't think this suits her. Um, and I'm not saying that by the way, the the goofy, uh, dancing suited her either. Oh, I actually think worst. this the last gimmick. Well, you know, that's that's what I'm hoping that this isn't a step. It, it, I mean, to me, this just seems kind of boring, you know. And maybe this is part of being know old, what to make man. Of you know? it, yeah, yeah. yeah just, who knows? Yeah, because I mean, if I was 13, I'd be like. Swimsuit yeah. model, yeah, that's the most exciting gimmick there is. But it's like, like you, you know, I'm 40, don't have your testosterone level, so I'm like, swimsuit model, that's boring. Bring back, you know, the badass chick. Or, no, sadly, know, I'm right there. I'm right there, brother. <laughs> I want to see this badass. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. So I'm, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic uh, mm-hmm. as how all that goes. But um, so let's talk about they, they are, they did evolve this tonight. I know, you know, you threw the gauntlet down a month ago, saying stop talking about Braun Strowman with these crappy squash matches. <laughs> Matches. Yeah. Uh, tonight he took on three. The Mile High Trio yeah. uh, ended <laughs> exactly how you think it will. Right. Uh, but the interesting part that Sami Zayn came out and he is quote unquote the real competition, that uh, the real fight that uh, Braun has been demanding. Um, I know we talked about a couple weeks ago. I think it was an aside uh, Raj made about, oh, do you want to see you know uh, uh, Sammy beat up Brock Lesnar? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to see that. But beating up Braun Strowman, same. Same difference, you know. It ain't gonna, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> you think Braun's gonna destroy him? No, I think he's. It's, this is supposed to be his step, his stepping stone, and this is screwed up in so many different ways. Sami Zayn is better than this. I don't know what the freak they're thinking, and it's the same logic that they did when they um, with Neville, just completely, mm-hmm. you know, going out there and jobbing the way he did. Um, he didn't just completely do a job. Don't get me wrong, Neville. You know he he had, he controlled most of that match, but still, it, these guys these these guys have made a connection with the fans. Yeah, yeah. I'll argue Sami Zayn has made a fantastic connection with these fans. I don't understand this booking. I don't understand why they're gonna feed him. Oh man, but they're not feeding him. Sami Zayn got up, it got over on him this week on Raw. Yeah, for next week for him to eat some, you know, a size seventeen boot down his gullet. And he's not going to come out of this smelling like roses. So my only advice I can have for Sammy is do what you always do. Work your ass off. Prove them wrong by making the crowd emotionally invest in you. Even when you know the office necessarily doesn't want it. They want this Braun Strowman guy to get incredibly over and be the monster. So go out there make him be the monster. But when you have the opportunity, get over with those fans. Make them cheer you and pull a Daniel Bryan on their ass. You know? Prove them wrong because he, you are that good. You really, I love his work. Love his work. 
Well, and for me, that's my optimism is like if the feud ends and Sammy wins, which I hear what you're saying, every reason. I would love that. Oh, my God. I would love that. That's the thing. To me, that's how this is a great feud. But if it's just Sammy gets beat down, uh, I think it'll go more than once. I think maybe next week will be the the beat down and maybe hell in the cell pre-show we get you know like a real match where they go for you know 10 minutes but you can't go back and forth see that's the problem here sammy's not gonna be able to bump him around and and get so much offense in on him he'll get some punches and kicks he'll mount him a couple times and start you know firing up on him on on top of him until he gets flung across the ring you know it's not gonna yeah i just anything is keeping sammy on tv you know hey it's a step up from Bo, right Bo and curtis and yeah (laughs) that whole thing in theory um so what did you make of the whole extended segment that they had with rusev and uh roman well rusev and lana then interrupted by roman i mean i thought that was really long and i wasn't sure what they were Mm -hmm. going for in that uh rusev was talking about his family and and they went for complete sincerity on Rusev's part, you know, I, I really was worried at the beginning. I don't know if you had this thought. I was like, oh my God, they're going to turn this into like a Borat thing where Rusev's going to be I, showing his family and it's going to be a big joke. But Rusev was completely sincere and it was strange to have him do that, just to have the crowd, you know, booing him and wetting him throughout. Not not knowing what to do. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest, I fast forwarded through a good portion of this just because they didn't capture me. Yeah. And, um, I was just I wanted to get to the the the, the good the more good stuff on Raw that was coming up, and I'm actually yeah. a Rusev fan. I just don't like that. I don't like what they're doing with him. They keep putting him in spots to be liked, and and, and I just I don't know. I, I just I wasn't a fan of it. That's all. Yeah, it was it was strange. I thought it was just strange the writing, uh, you know, and how they board the lines there. But let's talk about uh, Carl Anderson versus mm-hmm. Big Cass. Um, what, what, how'd you think, uh, that match forwarded that, that feud? Cause it seems like that's what we're going to have, you know, maybe as a hell in the cell, uh, pre-show match or early match. They have definitely have, have got big cast. Um, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be a big star for them. You know, you could tell, I mean, he ate him up. He ate Carl up. Oh, well, Carl Anderson is a tag team specialist. He's not a singles. I'm sorry. He's better than what was presented tonight. I'm sorry. That was so quick. That was so quick. I thought I missed something. I was like, did I miss some interference or something that was, I mean, there was no explanation for why. To, to, to me, I mean, go back and I know it's not WWE, go back and watch, but go back into, I know this, this is irrelevant, but bear with me fans. All you guys are smart marks and you know, you've watched these, the YouTube clips on the bullet club in new Japan, say what you will, but Carl Anderson was the glue in all of those, every one of them. Between Finn being the leader, the leader, between AJ being the leader, between Gallows and his, his funny hijinks and him being super charismatic and funny as hell, undercover. Um, but I'm sorry. He's the glue of that. He he deserves better than what he got tonight, and I don't think WWE recognizes it. He's, again, another guy that is slightly better than a good hand. Okay, a good hand is a compliment, by the way. good hand is a guy that can go out there and get somebody over, do what the company needs of him, be a company guy, um, go out and do anything that they need, basically, and be consistent and be accountable, you know? So that said, he's better than that. And, uh, oh God, they just they just really love Big Cass. So it's just, a, you know, a sign of what the future is for him. You know? Yeah, I thought it was a surprisingly fast match without some sort of interference or plot device to explain it. One, uh, I'm sorry, one sign that we got to get moving. I apologize, but one small thing, Glenn, as a big guy, and I usually get yelled about the, at, at this about this all the time. And if Undertaker was there, I guarantee you he would dig in the big cast about this. If you know, big, and that is he was throwing all those punches, and I know he's supposed to be fired up and pissed, and you don't want to piss big cast off because this is what happens: this ferocious explosion. There's a way of throwing fast punches and kicks, but as a big man, you don't do it. Your intensity is on your face. You don't speed punch. It doesn't look good when we do it because the guy should have a hole in their face by the time this hits you 20 times in 30 seconds, right? You would think the bigger, the stronger, the harder the punches. So if I'm throwing 20 punches within 10 seconds, that guy should be dead. You know, he just should be dead. And so I learned the hard way, you know, by 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 Glenn by by sorry by Kane by Taker, other big guys who would see some of these mistakes I would make as a rookie and say, "Look, you're big, work big. You don't throw those little Mike Tyson midget punches. You're a giant, you know. One big one, but with ferocious facials and body language, that does it for you. That that still gives you off the vibe that you're pissed off and you're hot and you're firing up, you know. I'm shocked that 
with how everything is so pre-rehearsed with WWE that the guys go to the ring now and they literally walk through everything in front of the agents a million times over. Everyone knows what everyone's going to do in the, in the ring now, right? So I don't know how that was okayed. It makes him look small. It does. Hmm. No, that, that's interesting. And I definitely appreciate getting that sort of behind-the-scenes perspective on it because, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was just a weirdly fast match. And uh, I see what you're saying in terms of him, as opposed to like more uh, putting that that energy in. Yeah, it's that big cane uppercut thing that Kane would do. That thing was money. Yeah, yeah. But but he was pissed off doing it, you know, with his body language, his mechanics. He didn't have to throw 30 of them. Um, So what did you think about tonight's cruiserweight exhibition? Uh, I know we talked about the Sasha interview earlier, and I think uh, we got all our thoughts out there. But uh, the cruiserweight, so... I, I mentioned this. This was on the Wrestling Inc. Uh, Twitter last week, and uh, I believe uh, there was an article on the site that I saw. Man, let me just tell you behind the scenes live. So the first cruiserweight match, they changed out the ropes last. Oh, week, I was excited one. about you saying this, by the way. Yeah, they duct taped them. They duct taped them purple. Yeah. Um, and the reason they did it is the first time when they changed them out, it wasn't the setup that took a long time, but it was changing them back where they were literally changing them back and putting the uh, the turnbuckles back on when talent was walking out for the following match. Wow. So they uh, duct taped it because they were in a rush uh, last week. So that way they literally just yanked it off oh, right wow. when the match ended and then went back to, to the next one. But I'll tell you, you know, I know we talked about this before and, and you've uh, expressed your frustration at how they treat it like the sideshow. I, I, again tonight, man. Like I like that they give it a bit of time to develop more of the story that was going yeah. on between them, but yeah. it still seems so strange when it's like coming up. We have the cruiserweight match, and especially when they're putting six guys in one match. It's like the entire division is in their one. Now we called it before what I called the plate spinning. This was like the dancing poodles. Like we're gonna bring them out now and do yeah. our whole thing. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. yeah, big time, <laughs> big time clown car. Um, that said, it, 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 the, the, I did like the the amount of time they actually allotted for their pre tape. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, all the characters at the very beginning of that pre-tape, sans Brian Kendrick, of course, because he's awesome, um, sucked. And then um, the only the only charisma for me or characters that anything that popped on the screen was when his two partners, the babyface's two partners came in, uh, Swan and what's the other guy's name? I'm sorry. Uh, which one uh, was it? Uh, Tony Nice. No, the two baby face. The oh, three the baby, baby face. Um, Swan and I can't remember his name, but Rich Swan's the one. Though. The Cedric Alexander, maybe? Oh, Cedric I'm Alexander. That up? Nope, Cedric Alexander. Yeah, Cedric Alexander and Swan. When those two came on, it popped some life into this into the pre-tape at least. Those two at least have potential. Um, having some type of characters, you know, it'd be natural and me, you know, something at least. Because good God, other than Brian, the 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 first three of those guys were was brutal. And um, but the match now itself was destined to fail it, uh, i talked to raj a little bit back and forth on text i'm sure you did too um it, where it was put on on the show was just destined for failure it was just like hey there's no hey let's put them here because we're gonna you know uh bookcase bookshelf it between you know something really good and again something really good like they used that as their bring down their popcorn their letdown match for the fans to come back down which is the complete antithesis of what the, this is supposed to be, the cruiserweights. Well, that was the weird pacing tonight. That was the pacing issue for me was that we had the Sasha interview, we had the cruiserweights, and then Goldberg. Um, you know, so, of course, uh, Kendrick, uh, Tony Nese, and Drew Gulak won that match, setting yeah. up the balance there, um, giving Kendrick a win uh, as we head towards uh, the championship match that yep. he's going to have going into uh, Hell in a Cell. Yep. But let's let's uh, talk about the, the what was in place of the main event tonight, and that mm-hmm. was Goldberg. Goldberg coming back, accepting the challenge yeah. uh, from Paul Heyman on behalf of Goldberg for a rematch. Now uh, I talked about this extensively last Wednesday's podcast with Raj. Uh, Survivor Series, I guess, is what this is being built up towards. Um, what did what did you think about how Goldberg played that promo tonight? Some people in the comments were asking for your viewpoint on that as well. Um. If we're talking wrestling like 101 for promos, you're told never to yell into the mic, especially as a bigger guy, <laughs> right? I used to have that horrible, horrible hard habit for me to break. It took me many years to break it. Um, but that said, he was excited. And because he's been – he's Goldberg. And because he's been gone such a long time, you could you could feel that excitement. You could feel how jacked up he was to be there. You could, And as a father with a two-and-a-half-year-old, okay, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine – 
having my son be as old as, as Bill's son is and never seeing the mythical, because that's what it is to his son at this, you know, earlier on this, this godlike character that his dad supposedly played, but he never got to see live. Yeah. Finally gets to see it live. I was like, I'll be honest. I got like, I'm not going to say I cried, but I definitely was emotionally invested in that part of, I was hoping they'd show his son and it, you could just see it. His son was just like, like, this is holy crap. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah, is my yeah. dad. Like, what an amazing feeling that must have been for Bill. You know, I shot him a message. Like, I mean, he's not going to get it out of the 300 he's gonna, the messages he's going to get tonight. But I did shoot him a message just saying that must have been freaking incredible. You know, just that, that feeling, you know. And, and it was so organic, obviously. It was so real. It was really, really cool. He was incredibly humble. And he played to exactly who he is. And that's a dude that loves the kids. There was nothing worked about that. There was nothing. I think he, he didn't overdo it. I think that's what Bill is, and that's what Bill's always loved wrestling for. He has always used it as a vehicle for, for kids and being this larger-than-life superhero for them, man. And he believes in that. It's not just a gimmick for him. Um, and he showed it tonight. He was excited to be there. His promo was what it needed to be. Um, he drove the nail, you know, the nail in the head at the very end of the promo. I love that. You know, you're not next, you're last. I love that. Um <laughs> I had goosebumps, man. I was super stoked as one as, you know, growing up as a huge Goldberg fan, but two, now that uh, I've stepped away from the ring, I've actually talked to Bill, you know, a ton on and off and, and to see him get this opportunity, you just, uh, for his kid to see him, that was just awesome. 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 No, and you could tell this excitement would definitely came across in that. And I thought that was, you know, an interesting hook to take that and i like that uh in going up against brock especially that it's giving him that personal angle yes you know, as opposed to you know as opposed to the oh i want to you know so it humanizes him slightly it does the one thing that a lot of us big guys don't get a chance to have and it's that connectability or relatability with fans if there's not a father in that arena that could not connect with that moment yeah um, so before we get to questions, what, what's your reaction to what's going on with TNA? I've uh, seen you fill uh, me in. I'm well, dude. I'm <laughs> so Billy Corgan is uh, suing TNA. Um, although, yeah, I, I know. I, I read that. Uh, well, he filed a lawsuit against TNA and Dixie Carter. Um, Tennessee is going after them for unpaid taxes. Oh, they they owe a bunch of money. Um, I read something in the headlines about them selling selling part of the library. Sorry, but noise going off there um but yeah it's it just it seems it, like it keeps going on to me like it's just not the the salvation everyone had talked about and hoped for you know because it's not quite there yet that's a shame i mean i have nothing more to add to that because most of my guys are no longer working there um yeah. i just assumed that they were kind of done after the last tapings of what i've read you know i i just started hearing about this very recently you know, about money them going woes are not there. new to them, though. I mean, you know, they've survived money woes before. I mean, wasn't it a year ago where, like, you know, people were like checks were bouncing? I mean, there were some the issues then. So I think, uh, you know, it's not um, nothing is concrete yet, is my understanding. But, but they mm -hmm. owe a lot of money. That's the big development. Uh, the the current thing is that you know uh, Jeremy Borash was a guest on the Taz show, talked about the current state, and said that you know it's still just talk. They uh, yeah, and that some of the reports are just being completely fabricated. That's the headline quote per Wrestling Inc. But now I wanted to see if you had a reaction to it. But you know, no, I apologize. I, I just, I, I hope obviously the best for them. And and I'm not gonna say it was those fans that became a hater. It was like literally the year I left. I would say, <laughs> and I remember still trying to keep up with my guys, you know. And it was right around when Nick Aldis was their champion, uh, Brutus Magnus. Um, I, I was is my friend, so I was obviously watching it still and trying to keep up with it amongst other friends that still work there, right? And I would say right around that time, these fans were just lethal on on the product. And that's okay not to agree and not to like the product and voice your opinion. But it was like they were celebrating the failure of this company. And, and I remember going like, when the hell did it become like a cool thing to hate on TNA? Like when did it become like, it was like, I don't know what the word is. It was like in style. It was in vogue. It was, I'm not going to say hip. Um, <laughs> it was cool, you know, like to shit on, to crap on TNA. Yeah. 
and go overboard with it. And I don't, I'm not going to say, hey, careful what you wish for, fans, but you know what? Careful what you wish for. Because now here's another alternative. And it was say what you will. You can hate on that company all you want. And I'm not saying this is because I worked there. It's a fact. Go back between the years of 2007, 2008. And I would say right up into the Hogan Bischoff, a little bit past that. The first year, I would say past that, their era, right? What was that, 2013 maybe? No, no, I'm sorry, 2012-ish. I don't know. It was a five-year run where TNA was a better freaking show. It was. From top to bottom, we had we had the stars, but more importantly, we had the workhorses in every freaking match. The girls to the guys to every X Division to everything was booked. You know, they could have been booked better. Yes, of course it could. But compared to what was being thrown on Monday Night Raw, you guys know I'm right. We were doing better. We were a better show. You know, and then, yes, some crap had happened and it went downhill and you, a lot of you guys turned your back on them. You know, shame on you, because now you're going to be out of a wrestling company to go watch. Congratulations, guys. It'll be interesting to see what happens with it. But I do think uh, the I think the best thing for it, aside from uh, having some rebrand, you know, get a new yes, name, a rebrand, a rebrand, because it's like I just can't even say it with a straight face like, hey, you want to watch? But is it too late for that? Is it too late? Yeah. for Yeah. I don't know, but maybe what they do is they sell, and this was one of the rumors that I read is that you know they sell the back catalog, and then Corgan takes the company and rebrands it going forward. You know, that they sell the video library to sort of cut ties with the past, as it were. What's left? Just the roster? Like yeah, the roster and, and the, the TV deal. You know, going forward, they get, oh, but it well, gives them a chance yeah. to. It's it's like uh, you know in comics, like when Marvel reboots their continuity, you know, or DC like says, "Hey, we're starting over again." Yeah. You know, yeah. we're going to tell you the origin of Batman for the eight hundredth time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that you know, doing a new jumping on point for people could be really good if they just go to Impact Wrestling or some you know completely new name. I, I was hoping we were going to do that when um hogan and bischoff came in and we did this huge badass um what do you want to call them um signal uh, they're, i think they're called uh i forget the word is but basically there's like a bunch of us doing all these goofy wrestling faces with a bunch of friggin' fire in the background um <laughs> i believe they're called signage or something like that they show yeah. them during commercial breaks of other shows um it was really professionally done it was like wwe professionally done they spent a lot of money on it and I remember just going, why now? Why not now? Just change the name. This is the time. Yeah. It was the whole Wrestling Matters uh, thing they were doing mm. right around that time. That was the time. And they were starting to call it Impact Wrestling. But all that did was confuse the crap out of people. <laughs> is it TNA? Is it Impact Wrestling? I, as the wrestler, didn't even know how to answer that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, can you see know? That would I, I was like, screw this. I'm still the DNA of TNA. You guys ain't messing up my rhyme. <laughs> totally. Can't, can't mess with the rhyme. Uh, so we want to take some questions for Matt. So if you have them, you could type them in the YouTube chat. You could type them on the article here on Wrestling Inc. And we'll take uh, your questions. One that I want to know, and uh, this was this was posed by Raj in the description of the episode. Who do you think should win Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell? Is it my, really? Um, blah. I'm here, guys. Oh, hey, hey Raj. Hey, what's up, guys? As if what's on up? cue. I, uh, man, Goldberg, he's still the biggest thing going, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, he certainly got a huge pop tonight. So, uh, I, I was just asking, uh, Matt for his prediction on Hell in a Cell, who he thinks should win between Owens and Rollins. Sorry. Uh, um, uh, I think it needs to be Owens, uh, just because of the whole G uh, Jericho element, you know I mean? That's where they're going to be going eventually. I, you know, I agree, but man, Rollins hasn't won since he's come back. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a yeah. big thing. Like, if that's your top babyface and he hasn't won a pay per view match since he's been back, this is the corner they put themselves. They booked themselves in though, and they've done this before. Yeah, I, that's why I almost think you got to have him win this one. That that that's saying that you believe that they recognize this. They do not recognize this, sadly. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I, I think I think either either Rollins is their guy, and if he is, you got to go. That the, he's got to win here, otherwise, uh, he does. He, otherwise he's he's a loser. You know, like four yeah. in a row. Yeah, four big matches. Yeah. Um. So so I want to ask someone had the question here, and I was thinking about this. 
is, you know, so the Joker in uh, YouTube chat is asking, Matt, do you ever think you go back to, to wrestling, either in Impact or the WWE? And this was fresh on my mind when I saw in attendance uh, twice, both at No Mercy and at SmackDown, the, the freaking pop that the Spirit Squad got for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Which makes me think that, like, if the Spirit Squad can come back yeah. to that, come on, man, like, you know. No, th this, 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 I, what was it? 2013, I had an opportunity to go back with them at the Royal Rumble. I was going to be an entrant. That's way it was explained to me. Um, my son was born January 7th. And from that moment on, I called both. I called the WWE and TNA and, you know, said my piece to both. You know, I was honored to work for both companies. Thank you for the opportunity especially WWE um, at the end there. Um, but no, up here, the switch just went off. I'm good. My kid was 10 years old, okay? It could really pick up on what's going on. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah, I would. I'd give it a, I definitely would give it a run. Um, but guess what? I'll be 50 then. Let me, let me ask you this, Matt, because I think a lot of people have been asking, just with your thoughts on the podcast, mm -hmm. would you accept like a booking position or like a, a backstage? Because you clearly have a, a, a great mind for the business. And, and, oh, and, and, you know, like, is that something you'd be interested in? If I could stay local, um, that's, yeah. If I could stay here in NX, like for NXT, I live in Orlando. Um, yeah, I would love to work to do something like that. I, I, I've never even really thought about it, honestly, but that would be something that would be really fun to do and work with the guys. And if it's booking, whether it's writing, but uh, I'd like to work with the guys. I would have loved to have worked with Big Cass. I know he's getting great training um, from Matt Bloom, another very, very good big man, very well respected. But Matt's now running the entire show down there, you know. But um, that said, yes, but just not the, the Raw and SmackDown stuff. I couldn't go on the road. Otherwise, I'd just be doing I'd be away from home again which is what I'm trying to avoid. So uh, what'd you guys give tonight's show? I'm curious. Like I, compared, I, I, to, compared to live, I'm curious. I enjoyed it. I really dug. And I was telling them right off the bat, Raj, what an awesome audience. What an awesome crowd. It, it, it played so well on television. Um, I, it made the show better for me. It really did. It shows you the power of a really cool audience that wants to come and have fun. Um, you still have to write a good show. I get that. It wasn't just like freebies. You know, here's an easy crowd. But they were great. And it made the difference in the show. I thought the show, I thought three quarters of it, I absolutely loved. I enjoyed everything up until the, I thought the end, the momentum was really off with uh, the when going from the I've Sasha interview to the cruiserweights to Goldberg. Yeah. I thought that's where it lost me a bit. They they took a long time to get to the the main event. I thought so too. Like the crowd was hot for Goldberg. You should have heard them. Like during the commercial breaks, it almost seemed like they were putting on commercials to to quiet down the Goldberg chants. Like it was <laughs> so loud during the commercial breaks, wow. and then by the end, it was kind of quiet. Like like uh. everyone was just kind of quiet. Like you know, it it wasn't near as hot as it was earlier. But it was still huh. it was still you know. I mean, the dude's still a star, but uh, I think once he came out, people realized what they were getting into, you know? Like, uh, it's not going to be... The, the WrestleMania 20 match is uh, probably going to be the best one of these two that we're going to see. Oh, there's no question. I, I, I Just remember what I said last week. Brock is going to, I guarantee you, surprise a lot of people with how much work he puts into this match. Lesnar has not had a bad showing yet, I think, since uh, since his comeback. So he's going to be on the cell, though. It's going to be uh, go back and watch him versus Kurt. Kurt's so tiny compared to Brock, but watch how Brock sells all over the ring for him. Um, he's he's so athletic. He's going to I guarantee you do it for Goldberg. Goldberg's going to be able to pop him around a little bit, and then he's going to get you know he's going to get uh, F five. He's going to be in the you know game set match. <laughs> that's that's the only ending that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but no. All in all, I thought that it was it was a good comeback. But you're right. I mean, the crowd just just huge. I mean, you could really tell that the enthusiasm for it. it but it's just end. It's weird to me to like end with a segment like that, you know. But I don't know what else they would have ended with tonight. End with Goldberg? Well, no. I'm saying, but to do in the momentum to end with any sort of promo without some sort of oh, bro, no, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And Jim Cornette, if he was on here, would probably. I'm, I'm thinking would say something similar that you need to send them home have, with some, some, some sort of clothesline over the top rope, something physical. Have some, Brock a little come bit out physical. and spear him. You know, something but, simple. Yeah, but we still have six weeks. 
And the yes. other line of thinking, when you have two monsters, again, Jim Cornette School of Thinking, is you keep Frankenstein over here, you keep the Wolfman over here. And they do not touch, guess what, until they touch at what you want people to pay to see them at. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I, I think a lot of that is missing, where you, you keep the guys apart until the pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, that's what they did. Hulk versus Andre is the perfect example. Oh, they my God. Them them apart and you were just like you know savage and steve stole the show but that was the match that you were just dying to see you know my favorite feud ever yeah <laughs> um so i mean raj overall what did you think um you know i thought it was a standard raw until that uh until goldberg came out hmm. but you know that that was the the selling point point of the show but other than that it was uh i i thought it was above average would you guys say really quick, uh, real quick footnote? I popped huge when Seth Rollins came out and got his pop, and actually reacted like, "Holy shit, I'm over!" <laughs> like he gave that face. I was like, "Act like, come on, Seth, act like you've been there." Dude, um, when Rollins came out and the crowd was chanting Rollins, I was like, "Yeah." Wow. So, my birthday's tomorrow. My wife and I, we had we had a couple of drinks, and uh, <laughs> my wife was like, "Wow, this guy's a big star." Like, <laughs> he seems like it right now uh yeah. up until now he, he this was i felt like this was the first time that he seemed like he was connecting as, as a big star yeah. because he hasn't been booked strongly you know like he hasn't uh he's been booked like always getting the short end of the stick and then uh you know what man I, you know i it was it was it was fun watching it with my wife because she doesn't watch wrestling right and she loved the Jericho and Owen stuff. <laughs> and she, you know, just seeing like what connected with her and what she thought was cheesy and what she thought was like, you know, uh, effective. And she could tell like the Jericho Owen stuff was just, uh, just money. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I scale one to 10. I, I give this seven and a half. I like three quarters of it. I did. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I I would say going live, I thought it was a seven out of ten. Yeah, for me, no, I'm with you guys. For me, it's the having been live last week that I'm like, oh, it's not. Now I'm back to watching it on TV. Mm. You know, it's like mm -hmm. reacclimating. So one question I wanted to ask you, Matt, uh, we talked about this earlier, Raj, that, you know, uh, actually with in your absence that we're going to if people had any sort of just general wrestling questions for Matt, this is something I'm wondering tonight because I noticed it specifically with Curtis Axel. At what point is oiling up just make a guy really <laughs> difficult to grapple with? I used to get called oil man, oil man all the time at TNA because I used to put a crap load of it on. Um, ugh, it's, it's, it comes from the school a thought from Arn Anderson that he used to say that tan fat looks better than pale fat and oiled up fat looks better than dry fat, you know, dry skin fat for whatever rhymer is. But it, it, you're not really worried about slipping. You make jokes and about the guys wearing too much of that crap and whatnot. But now that I'm out of it and I watch it and I watch some of these guys that are wearing it, I'm like, you don't really have the physique to be really wearing it. Like, you shouldn't be wearing all that oil. Like, you're not the warrior. You're not ultimate warrior. Like, it worked for him. It worked for Triple H. It was Jet when he was really, really jacked. Uh, nah, you know? Let, let me ask you guys this. Live, Rusev was looking jacked. I didn't, I didn't know if oh, it yeah? was just – he seemed jacked. I didn't he know if it was in just better being shape. He absolutely looked in better shape. He's a big, thick dude, man. And he's great on the mic. I'm, I, I still, I'm, I'm in the yeah. push Rusev camp. Yeah. What did you make of that segment live, Raj? Because I was talking about that. That at first I was expecting them to go in a weird Borat style direction where it was going to be for comedy, but Rusev doing that sincere tribute to his family was very strange <laughs> to have the audience booing. <laughs> it was. I mean, I felt uncomfortable booing his mom and dad because yeah. it's clear that was his real parents. Really and, freaking uh, weird. God, you know, Lana looked amazing. I, I thought Rusev is going to be babyface in the year. You know, like he's so good at what he does. And uh, it, I, I thought, I thought, uh, I thought you just take Roman Reigns, you take him beating Rusev down with a chair and chasing Lana down, and you got a killer heel right there. You know, that's what you need to do. Yeah. Get Roman out of this babyface. <laughs> yeah. And and turn you could do a double turn because I think Rusev. Yes. No one no one knows the, Bulgaria and you know like that. Uh, no one knows the politics. I don't even know. You know, like they're not going to boo a Bulgarian. They don't. I don't no. Know. Anyway. 
Uh, I don't. I think half the audience. I don't know how it is there, but I'm assuming just half the audience just assumes that he's actually not even half. I'm assuming ninety percent of the audience just assumes he's Russian. Even then, like Trump is turning the Russians' face, right? <laughs> That's true, right? It's going to be a different He's world. Trying his damnedest. <laughs> Nikolai Volkov, 2.0. <laughs> cool, man. So, anything else to, to cover before we wrap things up? No, I'm good. Cool, man. So, one thing. Uh, so, Wednesday, I've got a special guest uh, joining me for the Wednesday podcast because Raj is out. I've got a writer uh, goes by the name of Gino Vega who knows a ton about wrestling, a guy I've known for a really long time. And we're not only going to talk about SmackDown Live on Wednesday, but I'm also going to give some first impressions on WWE 2K17, which I've been playing the last couple of days. Did either of you guys check that out yet? Yeah. So I like speaking of oil. Now in Creator Wrestler, you can choose the oil level for your wrestler Crazy, and how much you want right? to glisten. Yeah. I'm a um, huge gamer. I love I, I, I love it. I think it's a really good game. There's uh, some stuff that bugs me compared to last year, but I'll talk about this more on Wednesday because yeah, I played yeah. the hell out of 2K16. You can, um, you can pick oil level. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And you can put your face in the game. So you best believe I got a wrestler named Glenergy. Looks just like me. It's oh, creepy. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Create a wrestler is made to put yourself in the game. Of course. You know, in 2K16, I had a very long tag run with Sami Zayn. We like dominated. You know, it was fantastic. Check, please. I, I should have skipped to that all together. <laughs> cool, guys. So, uh, everyone, thank you for checking out this episode of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'll be back Wednesday, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, to talk about SmackDown Live for this week, as well as WWE 2K17. Uh, until next time, you can catch all of our Twitters in the show notes. Follow us on Twitter. Matt, anything you want to plug? Um, I got my men's physique competition that I've been busting my ass for the last eight months getting ready for. I am now right above 4% body fat, still at 300 pounds. And uh, wish me luck, guys. You can hit me up on Twitter at BP Matt Morgan, Instagram at BP Matt Morgan. Uh, 5% Nutrition is my new sponsor. Check them out for the best supplements in the game. Um, and I quickly just want to say with Raj going, um, Glenn, you stepped up and did a great job tonight. Very good job, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. And uh, next week, Glenn's in charge again. So thank you. Thank you, buddy. Very good, yeah, man. No guys. So until next time, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and I'll see you all back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. See you, boys. Good job.